came on. Sean Owen first. Yeah. I've got. Blah, 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 blah. Did it, did it, did it, did it. Is that right? Oh, what's happening? Did I just do something that. Oh, what's all that shit going on? Oh, right, right, okay. Good evening. And welcome to another Fishing Friday. It's Friday, six o'clock, birding a time. I'm shaving. It's, um, and you like this. The first of the new shirts. It's actually proper writing. It's only the mirror, remember? So don't write in and see. Is that what's written on the shirt? It's, uh, I like them. And the back's great. So. You won't be able to write it because it's all reversed out, but it's all the Fridays. Of which this, I can't even remember which one it is. It's 36 or something. We said, oh, I just noticed I've already got a... Just look, checking this out and I've got a mark on my shirt already. So, uh, yeah, so I, I was going to keep the beard, the same beard as the shirt for... Uh, for what, what, darling? Oh, it's my, this is going to hand down the co-op. But it was, um, who was I? It's lost me then. Can you keep the noise down there, please? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yes, it's a hectic household today. Dave Hardy, loving the shirt, good. Dika Slobber, Fred Van, Lisa from the Netherlands, James Lucas from Huntersfield, Cliff Brenner, Stefan Mercure. Conrad Flaherty, David Downey from Dumblain, Douglas Fergus from Rothsey, John Watson, Calendar Dave Poulsen, got the shirt on the wrong way around, yep, we got that one. Ar Arkadiusz Kwiatkowski from Sandymilts in Svitokrystia. I didn't get that right, I know that, so I'm sorry, but hello. Nicholas Trimbley, Quebec, Gerasim Valley, da da da. Chris Harris, yeah, pretty funny if it'd be a reverse shirt for sale. Phil Wood, Cove, Helensborough, yeah. Glen Anton, Simpson, do you want to see that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Alistair McCritchie, Christopher Martin from Sweden, Douglas Lowley, yeah, Mark Allen from West Yorkshire, Bill Courtney, Tombridge Kent, we're all over the place. So here we are, another Fishing Friday, in whatever tier you are. <laughs> we're in tier two, right? So, uh, not that it matters, because we never see anybody apart from Rab, and it's, uh, yeah. we don't really get out very much here. Uh, it's been a kind of, <laughs> a strange week, indeed, a strange, strange week. I was, uh, lots of drama, and, um, <clears throat> I could see, you now, someone said, I'm, I'm, I was, I didn't know whether to mention it, and I said, look, do you want me to talk about it tonight? And she said, yeah, yeah, she was fine. It was, uh, yeah, Wednesday night. It was, um, we kind of, we'd been watching TV. We had a glass of wine. We weren't kind of like, you know, sizzled or anything. We actually finished drinking when at nine o'clock. 
11 o'clock we were going to our beds and um, uh, I came through, switched the computer off, went through the toilet, came out, walked past the dining room table, someone who was on the couch about to get up and I said, I'll switch the TV off. She went, yeah, cool. Stood up, took two steps towards me, right? And she put her hands out. We were just going to give each other a cuddle, right? Put her hands out and her fingers just touched my arms, right? And she collapsed. And she just went, she said, I'm dizzy. And just collapsed away from me, right? Not towards me. So it was like that. And she just went back. And her head went straight off the flagstones. And the sound was like a, co a coconut dropping on concrete. It was awful. And it was really scary. It was... Uh, <clears throat> I saw her go back and I saw her hit her head, but she didn't just hit her head. She hit her head and then trying to get up and then hit her head again, which was like double tap stuff. And I know kind of how dangerous that can be. So um, so she was lying on the floor, called Liam through, and <clears throat> luckily the skin wasn't broken. And um, she just had a huge baseball-sized lump on the, the back of her head. And I checked things through eyesight and did all the bits and pieces that I kind of knew what to do. And straight on the phone and uh, paramedics were on their way. So I was like, yeah. So I was, um, so, so when I was lying on the floor, I kept her on the floor and got covered up and stuff. And so I was lying on the floor next to her for an hour, just talking away, you know, doing the thing about keeping her awake because I thought that was what you did. You know, it's like, you know, don't let people sleep because they can drift and things. So it's like, but seemingly that is an urban myth. I was told that by the, the lovely gentleman on the on the phone from NHS, who was an absolute, uh, very, very helpful. Michael, if you're listening, which probably not, but he was a great guy. And um, yeah, so I was lying on the floor next to Simona for an hour, kind of just talking away and checking temperatures and, and things like that and making sure stuff was okay and sugary tea, the other thing, for shock. And medics came along and thankfully everything was fine and basically it was blood pressure. It was when she got up from the seat, she'd been sitting on the seat for so long that when she got up, blood drained and then rushed up and then it was kabam. But it was like, it was really scary. It was creepy, you know, because it was like, you know, like I said, my wife just walks towards me and goes, I'm dizzy and just goes bang, right? And, um, but yeah, so held it together and, uh, you know, but it was just, so that was, we were up to like three o'clock in the morning. So, uh, but it was, a, it was a scary thing, scary, but it was just, like I said, blood pressure related. And um, part of the never ending East Lothian Enders that is, that is of course the next day, it's like, you know, one of the neighbors came around to sort of like make sure, because the ambulance went up to somebody else's house, you know, and uh, so it was like jungle drums. Everything all right, everybody alive. Because they all thought it was me. They thought it was I had a heart attack or something, but it, was, it wasn't my time. I was actually supposed to be in. Uh, I was supposed to be in in um, in the hospital this, today for a, a pre-op thing. I'm going in for an operation. <laughs> a little operation, right? And uh, so I was supposed to go in for a pre-op, and I got told that on uh, the, the letter arrived on the Saturday <clears throat> after last week's fishing Friday, and. Uh, it was like, and I'd been waiting on this coming for a while. And so Sunday, I would get myself all psyched up. And of course, I'm getting worried. I'm going to the hospital and da-da-da. And, 
you know, with COVID and hospital beds and da da da, etc. etc. I was getting quite tense and I'm kind of got finding. Well, the positive thing is I'm going to get a test, which you'll find out if I actually had it, like I might have thought I had in January, February. And um, so I was kind of got myself all on the, then the go. And then Wednesday, as I said, was paramedic night. And um, uh, on the Thursday, I, I got a phone call in the morning. Well, I got a phone call uh, and saying, um, sorry, but your operations, your pre-op has been moved. So... Uh, because there's somebody that was coming in for an urgent thing, which I just went, fine, that's cool. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm not dying. Um, and so it was like, yeah, that's fine. So I'm now going in on the 14th, right? But I said, you know, when is this operation going to happen? No, I mean, I understand completely that, you know, hospitals are jammed up and I'm not one kind of me, me, me type person. So it was, uh, I just said, you know, do you have any idea when the op could happen? And they said, oh, well, in 12 weeks. And I just went, I'm kind of glad that the February tour was cancelled because it could have been. Because uh, I've got um, actually one of the things I've got to to, to say actually relates to. Uh, so it's like, hi there. I'm wondering if you could spare a little time to read my message. I am writing this on behalf of my dad, Andy Lee. Right, he's a huge fan of yours, and of late majority of this year, he's been very unwell. He was diagnosed with Crohn's disease this year. To be completely honest with you and suffering for a long time with this illness. In and out of hospital four times now for at least two weeks each visit. Only come home, go backwards. His Crohn's is complicated, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I've said uh, a lot of infections, right, that have come in. Uh, and he's just found out he's type two diabetic and to learn how to manage, take these bloods and inject himself. I've watched my dad go from a fit and healthy photographer who was always up at the crack of dawn to go out take beautiful shots of sunrises along with my mum to a very weak and defeated man. He's got down to under eight stone and I watched, you know. My dad ended up having a very complex surgery on Thursday, just, just gone, and he's had a lot of stuff removed. Anyway, to get to the point of my message, my dad, without fail, watches Fish and Friday, and I mean without fail. I know he watched it live on Friday, one day after his surgery, and I mean the world to him, if you give him a shout out to him on your up and coming Fish and Friday, because he's so down in the dumps. I would really like to lift his spirits and help towards his positivity for the road to the recovery. There's, that's from Gemma Lee. And Gemma, that was really sweet of you. And this is um, Andy. I hope you get well soon. You sound, I didn't read all that out because it's just getting horrendous, right? And um, and I really feel for your brother. It's, uh, and I hope it gets well. I've got to go in for something that's not quite as complicated, but it's, it's some of the hangings are happening in those regions. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting on a rubber ring for quite a while. And it's, uh, but it's, um, but Andy, just get well soon. There's a couple other guys as well. Um, uh, Kevin Fletcher. Um, and this is, um, Tosh, thanks for sending this one, mate. Kevin Fletcher, get a shout. He's in Redditch Hospital tonight with a bad dose of sepsis. So Kevin, the same goes. Will you, mate? So, um, hope things get better soon. It's crap. Christmas. I don't know what it is. It's always every time you come out, it's run up to Christmas. Christmas and New Year, I always hate because it's kind of like a, a gauntlet you've got to run, you know, and it's, um, you know, it's, it's a rubbish. It's a rubbish. Dave Poulsen, no longer the grey bearded warrior. No, I, I got, I had to get it out. Yeah, you've, you'll see Simona later on. You can, she'll talk to you. She wants to come on and see if she's doing something tonight. So, John Yuri, oh, oh, I'm lost, sorry, I lost it. 
Kind of like I said, da 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 Robert Olsen, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did it once before. I did, I did it once. I did this kind of thing. In, uh, when I was out in Vietnam, I was away up in, uh, um, what's it called? Mai Lai Province. And um, it was way up to the, on the kind of Chinese border. And to get to it, I had to go on a train from uh, Hanoi for it was hours it was about five hours in the train and then arrived at the station and then went away up to the the place what was it Lao Chai province and um anyway I was up there and I went up uh, ended up in a big drinking session with, with a guy that I was going to I think I explained some of this before but anyway I went on a heavy drinking session went out for lunch but when I climbed the mountain went up to see this mountain with this zoo that no animals in it all it was was just it was this weird science fiction kind of zoo and it was all these kind of concrete areas around it, and you know, and um, it was uh, Sapa was the name of the place. And we were climbed up this bloody mountain, and it was just all shrouded in mist, and it was like walking in some sort of horror film, you know. And there was supposed to be animals, and there was nothing there; they were all gone, right? And we came back down the mountain, and we'd had a skinful the night before. We'd been out drinking at this Pink Floyd bar in, in Sapa, which is another story. But snake wine, like snakes in it, right? Big demijohn with a big snake in it. Well, one, there was more than one. I was sad junky drinking this stuff in a brazier all night. And then when I climbed a mountain the next morning to go look for a non-existent zoo, right? And then came back down and then went in the market. And then we ended up in the market eating all sorts of animals and sticks, right? And then it was like rice wine. And my, the guy, I can't remember his name, but he was, I called him the Paddy Elf, right? He was a light-footed chappy, and he was my kind of day-to-day guide, and we became friends, and I got to meet his family and everything. And, uh, and we kind of kicked around, and we used to go out at night, and, and, <laughs> and he was like, I said, what do you like, Paddy Elf? He said, I like brandy. Good, good, let's drink brandy. So was it, we used to go arsehole and brandy around this roaring brazier. And it was called, this bar was called the Pink Floyd Bar, but there was like, it was the Pink Floyd Bar, but the, I think it was the eye was missing, it had fallen off, right? And there was this guy, and he called it the Pink Floyd bar. He didn't have any Pink Floyd music. He was a huge fan of Pink Floyd, and he had a guitar that he kept on saying, I'll get out and play for you. I'm going, no, mate, it's all right, it's fine. No, it's all right, just leave it out. And um, and um, he was the one that, that got us into the brandy and stuff. But in this entire Pink Floyd bar, the only album they had was Roger Waters Live, right? which I thought was kind of ironic. But anyway, we got arsed in there, went up the mountain to find the non-existent zoo, right? Came back down, went to the market, started rattling back the rice wine again, right? And then we got talking to a bunch of people and having this amazing conversation with all these farmers. And I got rat-arsed again, right? And um, (laughs) the paddy elf was an absolute mess, right? He was a mess when he came up up the fairy tale mountain. And he was a bigger mess after the lunchtime session. And I went away to bed. And uh, I, I went to bed in, in, in this hotel and we were to meet up that night to go to the Pink Floyd bar again. <laughs> it was a holiday, right? I was having fun, right? And uh, there wasn't much to do in, in kind of, in, in the place we were in, apart from going to the Pink Floyd bar. And um, 
which by the way was all up and down really steep hills where it was like so when you and the, the Pink Floyd bar was at the bottom of the hill so when you actually came out of the Floyd bar with a brandy intake it was kind of the walk home was like it was like going up Everest right but anyway so I went to bed in the afternoon after the market session right and then I fell asleep for about three four hours and I had to I think I had to phone somebody or something that night as well as go out and I went oof I had to get up and it was the room was in complete darkness and I swung round and sat at the end of the bed and stood up right and I must have turned around the bed and I just the next thing I knew I just I felt myself falling like that like that and it was nothing I could do and I just felt my my head go straight off the the the, the bedside table right and it was like and it was in complete darkness and I just I woke up on the floor and it was like shit and it was black, and I'm going like, first thing I did was kind of just touch my head, just to feel if it was, if I was bleeding, right? And um, and I went through, I remember I got up, went through to the bathroom, and I stood there, and I put the light on outside the bathroom, because knowing the mirror was in front of me, and I just shut my eyes, and then opened them, just to see how bad it was. There was not a mark on me. Unbelievable. And um, <clears throat> I'd managed, when I collapsed, I hit this table, right, with the, my actual forehead flat on the top but all the varnish and all the shit and all the dust and everything that was on the, on the table right got banged into my pores for the next four days like <laughs> like a mutant but i mean it was like it was like but I, I took the rash and i took the horrible skin infections and stuff like that because it was like if i'd actually broken something or done something really bad right i was gonna have to get from this place away up in in sapa right to get all the way back to Hanoi because that was where the nearest hospital was, right? And it was, uh, and that was like that was kind of like you know, it been game over, you know what I mean? But yeah, but it was the same thing, it was, uh, it was kind of, it was a blood pressure issue and, and stuff, and nothing to do with the drinking. Scott <laughs> mm. MacArthur from Cotswolds, Matthew Bennett. Uh, Douglas Lilly, Monday morning. Shouts come to Lee Harrison. Stuart Miller, why were you in a Vietnam? Was it a gig? No, I went there to recover. Uh, I was um, it was after the it was after the Thirteen Star album and tour, and um, and I decided after the kind of all the shenanigans that went on in the, the summer with the wedding that never was, you know, the, the album launch party, as it's known. known. Um, I decided to go away more and that's why I went to Vietnam. And uh, I, 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 a company that booked the, the kind of trip for me, so they booked all the places. And I kind of got on trains on my own and things and I got met by people. It was, it was brilliant, it was fantastic. And I went out of there for about, I think it was three weeks, four weeks. But it was fantastic. I loved the place. And I'd love to go back. In fact, Simone and I, I've said it, Simone, I'd love to, to take her there, but no. <laughs> David Robinson, love a story which starts, we'd been drinking. Stuart <laughs> uh, uh, Miller, don't get that. Phil McDonald, Dagenham. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Harris, yeah, there's, there's loads of Vietnam stuff. I've, I told you that in a previous Fishing Friday. I said last week that um, the website's kind of coming back 
to the control of a Crystal Spotlight. And one of the things that Rob Scarron's doing in between working for Stephen Wilson's like, you know, endless projects, right? Um, he's going to be uh, sorting out all the fishing, all the fishing Fridays. So they're all going to be there, so accessible via the, the on the, 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 the web page, the fishmusic.scot page. So that's been kind of one of the things that we really wanted to get in, get in hold of, right? Yeah. Uh, <coughs> it's making funny noises. <coughs> so, the shirts. The shirts. These We'll be on sale as of Monday. Someone is gonna. We're not doing anything this weekend. We're, 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 we've got too much other stuff to get on with. And to be honest, I want to give someone a bit of a break at the moment because it's like the day after the fall. She was a bit peely wally. Peely wally. A Scottish term means she's a bit pale, right? And um, so the shirts arrive on Sunday here. They all arrive to get stacked up in the house in the garage, and they'll go on sale on Monday. The JPEGs are going up. I think. In fact, they might even be up going up today, but it's the same price as the uh, exactly the same price as the other two shirts, t the other two of t-shirts. That gap, it's getting lower, and it's really starting to affect. I'm really aware when I'm talking now that it's like you know I've got the spiff in between my teeth, uh, and um, yeah, and are we going to see a dentist? You had you probably had the fear already. You know that bit where you get where you get a bit of toothache and you go, oh no, right? It's like, oh shit. <laughs> it's like you know, and you're aware that you ain't gonna be seeing a dentist anytime soon, and like you know, you're kind of praying that it doesn't go there. And I've got my teeth have been going over the years, you know, like getting pulled out, hugged out. And it was like about a week ago, you know, I got. You get that feeling going, oh no, and it's in the air, it's in that filling that always comes out, and you know that there's decay in there, and it's like there's nothing you can do about it at the moment. So it's like, <sighs> well, so yeah, we're misplaced hospital appointments and kind of, you know, potential teeth shite, right? Not happening. But anyway, the shirt. So the shirt will be on sale on Monday. It's only in black. Right, with this design, there's a back print which you'd be able to see if I, if I asked to put the camera in a mirror and stood in front of the mirror. But you can see it on Monday and read what's it. You'll like it, it's quite cool. But um, we've got all the sizes from small right up to 5XL. So, you know, like even I was really surprised when it came up last week when when we had the the kind of the outing frenzy of sizes, you know, and I asked people to go up 5XL. So, you know, I hope there is people there otherwise because we've just bought about 10. <laughs> just having a laugh, mate. 5XL, just having a laugh. Uh, but yeah, so Monday, so they'll all be there. And, uh, and the other two tees will still be up for sale as well. So um, if you've been holding off, buy one of the old two tees. And uh, it would help. Uh, Real Amber, got a cough to get it off. Uh, 
Adrian Grant, Dennis Boyd wants to know when you're going to write a happy song. Well, never now, actually, is it? That's where it is now. I'm never going to write a happy song. It's my legacy. Which was, and it was brilliant. I loved, um, I actually knew a couple of weeks back that I'd, I'd got the award. And, um, but I was asked not to announce it. But when it was, I mean, Prog Magazine Live arrived on my, my doorstep the other day. I was, I was so chuffed. And it was, um, because for those of you who don't already know, um, Wiltschmerz was the critic's choice of album of the year at Prog Magazine. And I think that more than anything means so much because there's a lot of talent on that paper, uh, on that magazine, a lot of talented journalists. And to have the consensus opinion, you know, within within the, the, the mag that, you know, it's album of the year, the Critics' Choice album of the year. That meant a lot. It was great. It was a real accolade, and I was, I was really proud. It really brought a smile on my face. And um, and I know that classic rock are loving the album as well. And um, it's great. It's it's wonderful, you know. But as I said before, it's just really strange being so fucking detached from it all. You know, it's like um. You know, which it was just the other day. Was someone who said like, you know, we should have been in Karlsruhe. You know, it was, uh, and, um, you know, we should have been, uh, you know, playing in Karlsruhe. We should have been seeing, you know, someone should have been seeing the folks and, you know, having a, having a family now. And that kind of hit us hard a little bit as well. But, yeah, I mean, you know, the tour, losing the tour has been a real hit. But, I mean, uh, as I said, I mean, you know, I've got the merchandise. I've got Fish and Friday T-shirts. And I've got, a, I've got a means of kind of, you know, keeping us going up here. So it's like... I'm all right. But I told you about the lemon tree thing. It's going to be announced on Monday. Right? But what I'm doing is that on the, <clears throat> on the night, Steve Kent, my sound engineer radar, pressed the record button after he'd kind of settled down with his sound because he just wanted to take a, a reference, you know. And we have one hour and 33 minutes of the Lemon Tree gig. It's missing. Uh, we started off with uh, Grace of God. And then we went into Big Wedge. Then Man With A Stick and State Of Mind. And those four numbers are missing. We had half a State Of Mind. But we just it, was, it wasn't enough to put on. So the first four tracks are missing. But we've got uh, Family Business Onward. It's all there. And it's, it was a stereo recording which meant, you know, we, this, we couldn't do a lot to it, you know. But Steve Ansis has done a brilliant job with his little box of tricks and stuff. And he's he's basically tarted up, you know, what is, I think it's an hour and 30 minutes or something of a showtime. And it's going to be coming out as a stream, right? It's not going to be available to download anywhere, right? It will not be put up for download as a stream. It was a warm-up gig, it was a, it was something in a moment. I mean, if we were on a tour, you know, we wouldn't even be thinking about doing proper recordings of the, the live set until at least seven or eight gigs in, you know. But so this is coming off a warm up. It was stereo recording. Steve's done all the magic to it, and we've got a stream of an hour and thirty minutes. Right. I didn't want to put put it on an album, put it on a disc and sell it. I decided to do something else. So it's going to be announced, like in the press on Monday, but you're getting a heads up here tonight because next Friday at midday, it will go live. Right? 
and all the uh, all the links to the the, the the links to the different places will be up on on Monday. But basically, there's an hour and thirty minutes. The gig live at the lemon tree. We've called it a fish in the lemon tree, and it'll be on SoundCloud as a stream. It's not done as a song by song, it's a continuous stream, so it's one hour and 30 minutes. So you still obviously fast forward, but you can't jump to songs. It'll be on SoundCloud and it's gonna be on YouTube. And there's gonna be a Just Given page that's all linked up to it. Um, the gig's free, it's basically free. If you wanna to listen to it, listen to it. It's, you can have a listen to the stream. It was a, it was a moment in time. And when you think, you know, and it was special. I mean, it's, it's, it's a unique little piece of history, you know, this one show, right? And, um, and what I'm doing is on the Just Given page is if you feel like donating, you don't have to donate, you know? It's like, I know there's people that are well stretched out there at this moment in time. But it's, you know, if you've got a spare quid or whatever, then throw it to this Just Given page. I am not taking anything from this at all all the money that is raised on the just given page you know from the lemon tree gig right all that money will be basically split up between associated bands and and crew right not only the guys that have been you know with me you know, they were with me at the lemon tree but there's a couple other people that that weren't going to be on this tour that i'm kind of giving a little bit of help to you know and yatta has been one of them so Yatta, although he wasn't working for me, he was working for the Battle of James Harvest guys. He's been, he said, absolutely nothing this year and it's been hit pretty bad. So Yatta is one of the, the recipients of this as well. Um, as I said, I'm not taking anything off this. It's like, basically, if you want to, if you feel you want to put something in, you put it on the Just Given page and basically I'm going to divide it up into the, the, to the people that kind of lost within my band and crew. And as I said, people on the outside that, that have taken a bit of pain this year as well. Um, it's mainly because, you know, I mean, we're not getting government help. I mean, none of the guys are getting any help. And then when you've got um, people like, uh, what's his name? The guy that looks like Norman Wisdom, the channel, Chancellor of the Exchequer, Richie Sunak. <laughs> Every time I see him, I keep thinking, it's, it's the suit that he wears. It's that kind of, kind of high waisted. I always think he looks like Norman Wisdom, right? And it's, it's the haircut, right? Anyway, you know, he came out and he said that, you know, so like we should think about retraining, right? So let's all retrain, right? Let's all forget about all the riffs we learned and the guitars that people learn to play, the keyboards. Forget about all those drum kit fucking things he used to do. Retrain, go work on Amazon. Fuck off, right? I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, I decided to do this. So Monday it's going to be officially announced in, in the press and stuff. But next Friday at midday, this this it's going to go bang on the sites, right? You've got the SoundCloud on SoundCloud and YouTube. You've got a one hour and thirty minute stream of a polished Aberdeen lemon tree gig, right? And actually, there's a couple of really tasty bits in it. There's a lot of dodgy things. It was our first night, you know, we were all coming together. It was the first time we'd played together. It was Liam Holmes's first night. It was it was uh, Marcel Singer's um, first night in the band, you know. So it was like it was. It was we did well, and I think anybody who was at the lemon tree that night can testify it was a it was a it was a happening gig. So SoundCloud's got the got the full stream of the gig. YouTube's got the full stream of the gig. There'll be a just given page which will be linked from both, right? And on the website, 
right? There'll be the links across to everything, right? As well as I've written uh, about 6,000 words, right? So I've written an, the entire story of like kind of rehearsals, going to Aberdeen, everything that happened around it, the whole, the set list, why we chose this. It's a full, it's, it's, a, it's a little story, it's 6,000 words. You know, it's bam, it's, it's take it, right? All I ask is like, you know, if you've got something, if you've got a wee bit of spare, spare cash, throw it at the Just Given site, it's going to go to the band and crew. I mean, I know for a, there was, the, the band and crew lost 50 indoor shows and about six festivals um, this year, right? And we had, nobody had any insurance. We had no insurance. Nobody got paid. And uh, But like I said, I've got Veltschmerz and I've got the Fish and Friday t-shirts and I've got my mail order stuff here. So although I'm not out there working, you know, it's like at least I can, you know, we can keep ourselves alive and, and keep ourselves supported here. But a lot of the band and crew, I've got nothing, right? So that's why I'm doing it. So as I said, it'll be announced on Monday, but next Friday, but you've got a heads up now. So check out, I'll, I'll obviously put it up on, on Facebook and stuff. You know? So it's, uh, uh, Lee Brown, thanks. Karen Briggs, yeah, it's my guys, you know, it's like, there's nothing I can do, you know, I'm not Dave Gilmore, I'm not, I'm not one of these guys that's sitting there with, with, with you know, millions in the bank where I can turn around and, and you know, I, I, nobody's on retainer, you know, I mean, I can't, I've, I've not had any crew in retainer since about 1990, right? And um, we just, I just, we're just not that big an outfit. I'm not that big an outfit to do it. So, like, and that's why we thought, well, I could have put it in CD, but we thought, do the stream and you know, keep it simple and stuff. Right. Sean Carroll, it is a good gig. It's a really good gig. Yeah. And it's the first time Rosa Damascus, of off the new album, is Rosa Damascus, Weltschmerz, and this party's over. And it was the the, the first time we played those songs live. Uh, Ray Rooks, thank you. <laughs> Mr. Grimsdale, Mr. Grimsdale. Bailey, yeah, you got it. You see Norman Wisdom as well. Richard Sunak is Norman Wisdom. Right. Uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, Clark was very, it's everything, yeah. It's like this, he's Norman Wisdom and then there's Daphne Brun, you know. Remember Daphne Brun. Yeah. Uh, uh, Owen Boyle, yeah, you can't be retrained, yeah. Uh, I met Norman with some fuck, yeah. I did, it was amazing. I was, uh, I think it was, it was Mickey and I, I can't remember when it was, I think it was, it might have been late, round about Lady Letter Lie time. I think it was, 1994. 1994, fuck. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we went out to Ireland and we did a TV show in Ireland and it was um and it was Norman Wisdom and June Whitfield, right? I was in I was like, what? Right. And he was such a lovely bloke, really nice guy. And we, we were talking for ages backstage because it was one of those TV shows that went on for you know, two hours to make and like, you know, minutes to film vibe. And uh, we were in the green room and we were sitting there with June Whitfield and, and, and Norman Wisdom, you know. Talk, and Norman was telling us all these stories and things, and he was just such a beautiful guy, really naturally funny, and really, um, he was just completely unassuming. He, I mean, he was just, you know, 
he, he didn't act. You know, I mean, I've, I've met some guys, you know, that have been, you know, all-time, kind of, all-time, big-time, kind of, not music hall, but TV guys sort of vibe, you know? And, you know, some of them have been real jerks, right? You know, it's like, do you know who I am? Right? Norman wasn't like that. He was he was just so natural and just such a lovely guy. And it was on the... It was, uh, but yeah, so every time I see Richard Zunite, it's Norman Wisdom. Right? Nigel Bassett, I'm from New Zealand. Yes, Nigel, I was working I was working on your grasses last week. So, Sunday I went out into the garden and I was like, oh man, I've got these big New Zealand formiums, right, which are huge grasses. I'm, I told you about these before, right? Put them in the ground, they were only about yon tall. Now they're about six feet tall, they're huge. So I started hoking out, the, 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 cutting all the dead bits off it. Then I went into the centre of it, and then I realised that it was like the, the centre was rotten. So I was, Sunday was just like right in the middle of this grass, just pulling crap out, and it was all rotten in the middle. So now I've got it's it's, it's kind of like it's like a kind of Bobby Charlton version of Formium grass. It's like you know, it's got a big bald bit in the middle, right? <laughs> and as we put it here around it, it's bits of grass around it, saying so fold them in, right? But it was a, uh, but yeah. So I was I was hoping at that. So that was my New Zealand grasses, and I was like, and I love them. I think they're brilliant. Somebody told me, and I, I did this thing on Gardeners World, and it freaked them out. And uh, I said, yeah, these Formium grasses. It's like when they get, if you got a big summer, one of the things to do with them is just pour petrol over them and set a light to them because the Formium grasses, when they're out in the wild and they're in the plains, and you get these kind of bushfires and stuff, they burn up, but they just come back. So. I would normally, and I told the Gardner's World team, when I was doing this, yeah, you put, put petrol, this is how you do it, throw petrol. And they're going, ah, we can't have this in film. <laughs> they're laughing their heads off. I said, don't do this at home, children. <laughs> so, yes, I was, how can it form you on grasses, New Zealand grasses? Mm. Norman Widow's love, Wisdom's Love Child, yeah. George Connor, Ben Gilmore only has a couple of guys in retainer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody's, I mean, I mean, there's one band who remains nameless. Who, um, I was told about through somebody and they said that if they didn't go out and tour in uh, June, July next year, they were going to go bankrupt because they, they'd given so much money up, up to support the crew and they had so many people in retainers in their outfit. But it's, uh, um, you know, it's scary. As I said, I mean, I had an old friend of mine phoned me up the other week and said that, you know, his company had lost $8 million, you know, just this year, which was kind of, oh, gift coming through. You know. Suzanne Fletcher, nine years ago since I first met you after the gig at Darwin Library. Darwin Library. That <laughs> was a gig. God, away! I've never been to Darwin before. <laughs> that was, oh, Wild West. That was Wild West. Jonathan Herbert used to play footy with his son. Wow. Bernard Rick Waitman, an old neighbour on the Isle of Man. That was right. Norman lived on the on the Isle of Man. I think he was probably the most famous person on, on Isle of Man. Rick was there for a while. I remember he told me about it. You know. Uh, 
and Maradona. Yeah, what a shame. It was it, it kind of it shocked me because it was like it came up on the on the news feed, and and I, I kind of just went, Maradona's dead, and like I was, I went through and I saw my mum, and my mum said, you know, how old is he? And I said, he must be about oh, 66, 67 or something, you know. And then I went through, he was 60, he was younger than me, right? Two years younger than me. God. I was, you know, you know when that happens, you go, oh, you know. Then you realise how many years ago. But it was sad to lose Maradona. I mean, he was a great character. I mean, an amazing character, a brilliant football player. And I know all you people south of the border, you always love the hand of God. It hit you hard. It really gave you a big slap, that hand of God. But up here, it was like, I'm sorry, but how we laughed. <laughs> there was weather warnings going out for floods because everybody up here was pissing themselves laughing. They actually got away with punching a ball past an England keeper. It was just nuts. But he was, but he was a cheeky chappy, you know. He was um, oh, rail card booking Christmas travel. No, I'm not. Right. This is now I'll be getting my delphiniums, and you know. Now here we go. It's um, autumn planting bulbs. One million for ten pence. Buy now. <laughs> Two million for sixpence. Uh, but yeah, so uh, but yeah, Maradona. It was. Um, but he was just a real kind of one of the old sell people's champions, Roy the Rovers vibe, you know, poor neighbourhood, makes good, plays for his country, you know, wins the World Cup, goes to the, I mean, his story is nuts. I mean, he was more rock star than rock stars, you know, I mean, you know, mafia, cocaine, alcohol, women. I mean, it was just for, <laughs> you know. He was just amazing. I, I, I mean, I, I wish I'd met him. He's a guy I, I would have loved to spend a night with, right? He was, uh, I mean, his story box must have been, you know, you know. <laughs> He's a warehouse, not a story box, a warehouse. The story, story warehouse. But yeah, but it was, it was really sad. But I was shocked that he was 60. But I mean, you know, he lived a life though, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it, the amount of times you saw him wasted, like completely wasted on the TV, you're like, fuck me. <laughs> but, but yeah, Diego, great player. I mean, it was, he was. You know, and the fact that he was five foot five, you know, as well, five foot five. I mean, that's a, a midget compared to, like, you know, the, the guys that are, you know, kind of playing in the, in the Premier League in the main today, you know, I mean, you know. But he was a wee bull, you know. But, yeah. But see, yeah, what we were talking the other day, it was, I mean, and Des O'Connor. I mean, Des O'Connor. I mean, uh, another brilliant old-school entertainer, right? And, um, and I was thinking the other day, it's like you were coming up to Christmas, it's Morkham and Wise time and everything, and you go, Morkham and Wise, they've gone. And, uh, and it was... Jimmy Tarbuck's, I think, the only one in that school. I mean, um, all his golfing buddies, you know, Bruce Forsyth and everything were gone. But, I mean, Desi Connor, he was... I, I, I used to always feel for him because he was like, he got the mickey taken rotten out by, by Morecambe and Wise, but they were great friends. I mean, um, I've seen a couple of programmes. I mean, they used to... They were merciless in the way they hounded him and took the, took the piss out of him. 
and they were great friends and he was and he was so good about it and I think actually probably Morecambe and Wise helped his helped Desi's career because it kind of like it brought him right back into the you know the Desi Corner show but I remember watching the Desi Corner show I know you know the hair right so it was really cool but yeah sadly he went as well so like I said that's that time of the year Oh, there's an angry face one up there somewhere. Linda Dublin, not me, I'm Irish, he cheated. So, yeah, he cheated, right? He cheated, right? And he admitted it in the end, right? Yeah. Yeah, Billy Pickett, five foot nothing, Maradona, outjumped Peter Shilton, who was a great guy. Pete Sh well, is a great guy, Pete Shilton. Great keeper. Oh, we're all upset about Maradona. Uh, oh, get a sense. Uh, oh, well, it's, it's, it seems to be like the Maradona thing was going on and on and on now. Let's see if we can move on to this. God, wait, touchy, touchy. I could they jump a high daily record to be honest. It's like it's one of the things when I played football it was like I was a uh, oh, big guy up front, right? I just I was rubbish at jumping. <laughs> Timing was crap, right? The only goal I ever scored in my head was I was I was throwing myself backwards. When I was actually playing against um, Northern England in the the Company Cup final. So Well, the semis I was. Right. Where are we going here? Let's move this one. Tosin Kensing, another thing, all these special editions are very expensive. Do you participate a bit of it when it is sold by example Amazon for double price since release? I do not sell on Amazon. I don't sell any of my albums anywhere else apart from through the fishmusic.scot website. Those prices you see on Amazon, those 40 odd quid for the for the remasters. That is somebody who's basically bought from here and is taking the piss, right? And if people go up there and don't have a bit of savvy and just go and Google and find out about fish albums and find the fishmusic.scot website, which can be found, right? And if you buy it off there, then I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't make anything off any of those Amazon albums. I, I stopped selling on Amazon mainly because the percentages they were taking were getting really high and I couldn't deal with the computerized bureaucracy that was involved and if anybody out there is selling on Amazon you know exactly what I'm on about trying to talk to people trying to get information trying to trying to get things done it was just a nightmare and at the same time they were taking the percentage went up from I can't remember it was 15 up to something like 30 35 percent and it was like the we got a notification that we had to pay VAT. We had to, yeah, the seller had to pay the VAT in, in all the countries and it, all the various countries, and it just became a bureaucratic nightmare. And I just went, nah, I'll walk away. And uh, so I mean, all these people that are are, are selling on Amazon and things are, are basically they're buying albums from here and they're just putting them up. You can check them out because you'll see that the seller it's not me, right? It's not chocolate frog. So, uh, and to be honest, you know, I, I try and 
I, I started to notice with Amazon that, you know, a lot of people that do sell on Amazon put their prices up a lot because of Amazon taking the percentages that they do. So, you know, but we just got to the point where, you know what, it became a headache. Organising transport. I mean, I tried to operate. Oh, oh, it's a boring story. I'm not going to go down there. But it was, uh, like I said, I mean, just trying to talk to people. And it, be it HSBC, be it the Royal Mail, be it anybody, any big corporation now. And it's like that everybody's got this COVID thing, right? Can't deal with it. You know, it's like, well, if everybody's working from home, please appreciate it. It's like, well, great. But it's... um. But a lot of these big companies, it's just, they're so wrapped up in the, 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 the websites just get overcomplicated and it always, oh. <laughs> Darling, hurry up, bring the real stuff. Come down with us, Donald, holy crap. Good old Wednesday TV, if you know Des, yeah. Yeah, it was, Wednesday night, Des O'Connor. Ab Jackson, Bob Hope said about Dez, Dez doesn't have an act, he has a love affair with the audience. Yeah, it was, it was It was like that, he was just, this kind of, what's his name, uh, Daniel O'Donnell, he's kind of, he, he reminds me a bit of Dez O'Connor, it's, um, oh yeah, America, it's like, wow, it's like third weekend, hey, we've done Maradona, let's, let's really pour the pedal out there, right? It's, yeah, it's America, it's like, we're still waiting on him to concede, it's like, God almighty. Yeah, we'd watch it this week. And, and um, Tyler, uh, hello, Tyler. Tyler Pittman, a really good friend of mine in Nashville. And uh, he, he works for, uh, he works in the music business big time. And we were talking to him. He lives in a little area of blue in a sea of red, right? And we, we had a long discussion the other day about it and just seeing how, you know, potentially dangerous this whole situation is. You know, when this whole thing has been fostered that, that, uh, that, the election's been rigged, you know? And they say that like 70% or something of, of, of Republicans believe that the election's rigged, you know? And as I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, I mean, it's the scary thing is that there's, a, there's a, such a hell of a division out there, you know? And the division is there, which includes, you know, elements, you know, on both sides that are armed to the goddamn teeth, you know? And it was like, I, I, I just, I mean, just before I came on, I mean, I don't think some of you may remember a little thing that I said. I said, you watch this space. I said, you know, you had this whole thing going on between um, the Israelis and opening up, you know, full-blown contact with UEA, Dubai, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and suddenly everybody was becoming everybody's friends. There was all these agreements getting done and things. And then you had Pompeo flying out and, and he was out, you know, the first guy just a couple of weeks ago to go into the West Bank. And at the same time, you know, you've got all these kind of, and the Saudis as well were, were suddenly talking to Israel, and um, although they, they weren't really supposed to be doing it, right? And then, just like I said a couple of weeks ago, um, there was billions of American arms sold to uh, the UEA uh, to be used in Yemen, basically. And, um, and then today, just before I kind of came on, it was like one of the top Iranian uh, nuclear scientists was assassinated uh, in Tehran. And the fingers are all pointing at the Israelis. And at the same time, you know, Benjamin Netanyahu and uh, Donald Trump were having um, meetings and discussions the other day. And you've just got to go, fuck. It's like, 
you know, and the, the, the fencing. What I mean, watch, read between the lines and all this. Go and have a look, shift in the papers. It ties in. Somebody wrote to me, he says, John Waters says, Mr. Fish, do you trust the media? I trust the media to a certain extent, but I trust myself, you know, to go through things and try and simulate things and come to conclusions, conclusions as much as I can, right? I mean, I, I, I said before, you know, I don't just read one paper, you know, and I read papers that, um, you know, um, are not exactly seeing what I want to hear, but I, I try and get the balance. I try and get the other side and see what they're saying. And they're the same way as, like, an American accused me a few weeks back about being, you know, CNNized. I'm not. I'm aware and I read papers, you know. I don't just watch TV, you know. And, um, you know, I, th I think what happened today is, is really dangerous. And, you know, the fact there's been so much, you know, shadowy, undercover, handshaking going on that it's like, you know, a nuclear scientist in Iran is, is killed and Iran are now threatening to, like, move on. Israel, whose fingers are seemingly all over this, as it says on the, the, the initial feeds on this. So, and you've got Donald Trump there who's leaving office and he seems to be, you know, as I mentioned before about Bosnia and McConaughey, about, you know, the the soldiers shitting in the hotel and flushing all the shit all the way down that building to leave it for the, the British troops who are coming in. It was uh, it kind of rings a bit like that. It's like you know, and um, I, I just can't believe it. And as I said, you know, Tyler was saying that it's you know the, the feeling over there is, is is horrific, and there's a lot of animosity. But you know, it it just doesn't help when you know what I can see and what everything seems to appear to be, and and reading on so many sources that you know this the election's over. Pennsylvania's done. Georgia is done. It's on its third recount. And it's still not being conceded, and it's the whole thing about this air being this air of um, quite this questioning being sown all over it, you know. Before before um, uh, President Elect Biden comes in, right, where the president's spewing out all this stuff, and you know, I, I just despair of it. You know, it, it's just it's insanity, you know, absolute insanity. And you know, and I feel for Americans because I mean, you know, your normal American. Panner, right? I mean, they're like every, you know, Johnny Panners. I mean, we, we, we're living on the planet. You know, we just want to go in the world. But I mean, you know, when you get on with our lives and things, I mean, it's, it's tough enough dealing with COVID, you know, without, you know, the, what's happening, it seems, seems to be happening at the moment, which is basically, you know, somebody's pumping a lot of, uh, a lot of fuel in a, the fires that are still burning in the Middle East and it's all getting done at horrific times with, you know, when... Anyway, let's move on. Fuck. Uh, Deborah Cassie, it's the same here with Brexit. <laughs> Brexit. <laughs> What's that? What's that again? Uh, it's... um. Yeah, I was I was talking to I, I was I was talking to my accountants this week. Another one of the, the jolly meetings I had this week. So I was talking to my accountants about you know uh, books and stuff for this year, and um, you know we were talking about the Brexit thing and 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 you know this this so nobody really knows kind of what's going on and it's like you know you should prepare for this and if well, you should prepare for this as well and prepare for that, and I've got the vinyl. No, oh, that leads me on. You know, my vinyl 
it's coming from uh, Czechland and it's been printed in Czechland and it's, it's been organised by Profact, my great wee company, the guys that work for me in, in, in Holland, in the Netherlands. So they bring it over and it's coming in, the, on, it's going to arrive on the first, second week of February, which is going to be just, it's going to be outside just when everything changes. So I've got my EORI number, which means I can import and export stuff, right? And um, I've got all that sorted, but I've still got to find out going by the page that Her Majesty's government sent me. It was, uh, I've got to find somebody to actually kind of deal with it all. And like, you know, and they recommend, this is the website where you find people that, that will basically bring it in. The thing that I used to do before we left EU, right? So uh, when we didn't have to bother with that crap. But, it's, um, but now we're in a situation where we've got to bring, import these 2000 albums and bring them in all the way through all these ports that are going to be probably jammed up. And then I've got to source all that out, pay all the tax on that, bring it all in, and then apply all that tax to the albums. And and at the same time with the VAT, I mean, I don't know really how it's all going to work. You know, we're being told that uh, we won't be charging VAT to the EU anymore, which is, you know great for everybody in EU because they'll not be paying UK VAT but they're still going to have to pay VAT in their own countries on on the import taxes on this and we don't know what's going to happen where you know somebody in Holland or Germany or Italy or wherever right whether it's like America where, where if I buy something from America I've got to pay the guys at the door or, or arrange for payments to be made before the thing's delivered I mean is that going to happen with all the albums that we send out now it's like it's just oh god you know, you know what? It's it's. Uh, <laughs> Robert Olson, the trouble is the arms industry is interested in wars. So Trump, Pompeo are promoting America first rather than being the policeman of the world. The fact of the matter is, we're in a COVID crisis. Everybody's all shitloads to everybody else, and it's like the same as you know the the the, the big hit that we took in between the first and second world wars. One of the things that gets people out of recessions and gets people out, out of all that crap and crap and creates loads of money and loads of employment is wars and that's a horrific reality, and that's you know kind of my worry at the moment in time where we're being propelled into some huge massive um, conflagration in, in the Middle East you know to solve the financial crisis. <laughs> it's like that's scary fucking shit, right? And I tell you another piece of scary fucking shit today on the Independent, right? I mean, just, I mean, we live in weird times, right? There's, there's a new outbreak happening of uh, uh, avian flu, right? And it affects birds, right? And seemingly in the summer, and this is true, this is, this is not bullshit, right? This is out The Guardian, right? And it's kind of, I did a wee bit tinkering about What's happened is that there was a huge outbreak of this brand new avian flu with this SEGR5 or whatever it is in Russia in the summer. And they picked it up as within wild birds. And they reckon that, um, they reckon that the wild geese and some of these, the big heavy migrating species have been coming out of Russia and they're coming over here. And in the last, in last weeks, they've discovered that uh, swans, right, there's been swans dying all over the place, and there's been reports. Uh, uh, there's been reports of like you know, 
um, like nine swans. Suddenly they, they, they start swimming and moving in circles, right? And they start bleeding from their beaks. And seemingly it's this flu, this avian flu that's been brought by migrating birds. And at this moment in time, uh, the there's huge culls going on in chicken farms because of this thing, because it's moved across the domestic species. And... Um, and it, there's a real problem with, with, with swans in particular, and it's uh, they've been badly hit by it. And uh, it, it's just creepy. It's like a science fiction movie, man. It's just nuts. Right? And it's... Um... Oh. oh, God. John Wallace, Biden is owned by China. You want it? Oh, oh this, is, this fishing friendly line is really proper. With Maradona, America. God, it's kicking off the night, right? Hmm. Wow, Riri's dinner, mate. No income tax, no VAT. No income tax, no VAT. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Only fools and horses. That's correct. Yeah. Oh. oh, wow. Tara, how's Tara Fish? Thank you for asking. Karen Briggs, I need to say this is a big happy birthday to her boyfriend, Jono, who's a really, really lovely guy. And it's his birthday today, and we just got no idea what to get him. So, Jono, if you're watching, or Tana, if you're watching, give Jono a huge hug from us, and I'll phone you up later on. Uh, yeah, he works on the Outlander set, right? And it's he, 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 Jono works with, um, he works on Outlander, right? And what he does, he, he does all, all the, the kind of like set building, but it's but more towards kind of um, plants and stuff and trees. It's, it's, it's got an amazing job. And he, was, he came down, he, he saw us sort of, uh, about, just over a week ago, and it was, um, and we were talking outside about it, and uh, he was saying that um, they were doing some set, and where they're, they're building a church in what is kind of way back in America, Independence Days or something, right? So they had to bring these logs in, so they were trying to work, they wanted to make everything, everything has to look real. That's what I love about all this stuff, right? It's all got to look real. So they had the guys, they brought in all these ancient tools, like, you know, cross saws and stuff. And John would say they, like, they were all working cross saws to, to, to make sure that the markings were right so that nobody would turn and go, that was done by a chainsaw. It's not real, that's not real wood. So, like, all that attention to detail, I just, I love it, you know. So John was rattling up these big saws last week, you know, and, you know, important sawdust. And uh, and it was interesting, it reminded me that, because I finally managed to finish the Oliver Stone book, about uh, which was called it's a great book by the way and it basically covers his, his early career up to platoon and uh but it's quite fascinating it can be a bit blunt and it can, it can get a bit tedious when it goes into like you know um the hierarchy of studios and things but there's some amazing wee bits and pieces and some things i didn't even know about but it's what john always saying about the outlander set where they've got to get the sawdust and it's got to be fresh so that when they roll the carts and they bring the shire horses in and stuff and Oliver Stone, they were talking about when they were doing the Platoon movie and they were shooting in the Philippines and they had to bring in tons of uh, red Vietnamese sand because you didn't you didn't get this this kind of dust, right? And they had to, well, it wasn't sand, it was, it was basically dust. And they were bringing all this red Vietnamese dust in. So when they did all the filming with the choppers, it looked absolutely authentic. And John was doing the same outlander with shire horses and horse shit and sawdust, right? Scottish version. But yeah, but it's his birthday today, so happy birthday, John. He's a very clever man, and I love him loads. He's great. Yeah. yeah. 
Ian Bass, all the swans in Stanley Park Blackpool have died from the, from this over the last few weeks. Exactly. That's what I saw the Stanley Park, and I think they were black black swans as well. Uh, uh, Alan Johnson already in Northwest Scotland. Crofters with ducks hens are having to keep them inside for the last few weeks. Yeah, it's all these wee things, these little things that slip under the radar and stuff. You know? Darren Gilder, did you ever act in Lessons Fish or the theatrics of the front man? I, I didn't have it. I never had. I never had any acting lessons. I, I mentioned this before in a previous Fish and Friday. I went to. I met a coach who was to assess me to see if I could act, and uh, I was basically. I spent two hours with her, and she gave me um, a, a part to read, and I read it, and she guided me through it and gave me directions, and I followed the directions, and she gave me. It was like yes. There's your acting ticket. Go and go, go out and act. <laughs> but no, I never had any lessons, and you know, you know all the eighty one, eighty two stuff. All everything that happened on the stage was it was basically made up in the night. It was reactions and things, you know. I mean, obviously, it's like everything, you know. When you when you're doing the when you're um, when you're doing intros and things for songs and or whatever, you refine them, so you, you repeat them. I, I actually mentioned this in the, 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 the write-up for uh, the Lemon Tree gig that's going to be on the website next week, but you kind of refine them, you, you, kinda, you, you know which ones work and which ones don't, and then you kind of you remember it, and it's the same with moves. Like You might do a move and you go, yeah, that felt good, or you might see it played back on a film and you go, that worked really well, and it, you just lock it, and then you, you, you add to it. So by the time you get to the end of the end of the tour, you know you've kind of got it really happening. No, no. <coughs> John, John, go away, John Walls. Right. I need to Pachito. Would you consider a part of Outlander? Yeah, if, if 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 someone came up, yeah, I mean, um, I, I was I was offered a friend of mine offered me to do a, offered asked me to do a a bit of narration on on some Scottish thing that he's working on at the moment, which is a great yeah, I'll do that. It's fine, fun, fun, right? And um, but yeah, Outlander, if, if Outlander came up, me, yo, I don't know what I'd play. <laughs> so an evil bastard. Uh, it's always evil. Uh. <laughs> Katie Tate, part of Outlander is filmed at Fantasy Melanie Linton, about five miles from here. Yeah, I know. Jonah was working down down at uh, the, the 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 mill. It's not Fantasy Mill. It's uh, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful little water mill. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff went around there. Cynthia Lagerbird, hi Dal. Thousands of old birds are dying here in Holland as well due to bird flu. Yeah, this this is really getting out of order. <laughs> the turkeys were the turkeys were probably going like you know all right it's going to be a kind of Thanksgiving shutdown in America and like you know and it's going to be a you know Christmas is going to be kind of restricted so like you know they're probably going yeah it's maybe a year. <laughs> Oof, take this. Here's your own flu. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
Victoria Aka Tonika L. Harrison. Happy birthday for tomorrow when it comes in. Okay. I should. Oh. Timelines getting taken up by arguments between people about politics. Uh, Marina Buru, where specifically is Outlander filmed? It's filmed all over the place. It's, uh, there's loads of location shots. A lot of the American stuff is actually, for the, this new series, is like, um, it's been done in Scotland. Paul Hagworthy, Black, Black Swans and Dawlish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian McCauley, how's Tara's dog? Dexter's doing a lot better. He, he got through all the vet stuff and he, he seems to have recovered and is fully active and, you know, getting all sorted out. But thank you for asking. Oh, oh yeah, John Timon. Let's get in the vote for the song. <coughs> the song that achieved the most votes uh, in the pill was Just Good Friends. I was quite surprised at that. And, uh, it's got a kind of interest in history. Um, you'll like this. <coughs> um, Just Good Friends, the original title of that was Close. And it had been around, I came up with the original idea uh, in about 19, in 1988, I think it was. And um, at the time, obviously there was the Marillion thing was kind of, we'd, we'd finished the tour, we'd finished the Clutch and the Straws tour, we were supposed to be going into writing and things like that. And I got, I was asked to, uh, to write a song and do a, a duet with Clanad, right? And it was, was it Moira Brennan? And she was the singer. And I thought that could work really nicely. And they wanted something that, that had a kind of Irish, Scottish kind of lilt to it and things. And I had the words. I mean, I think I had the, the first verse and a couple of other bits. You know, what would you do if, if we got down on East here? That was, that was kind of in, in the game park at that point, right? And uh, this is what I got. <laughs> When it's, sometimes when I start these things go, I've got to tread carefully here as we step into all sorts of things, right? Anyway, I went down, I was driven down to uh, to Wales and I went down to Monmouth and I was at Rockfield Studios. And they were working in a kind of quadrangle bit and I arrived kind of... Uh, very late afternoon and met up with the guys and they were all related it was all kind of big family really nice guys and i've, I've mentioned this on another fishing friday before but it was uh when i went down it was um they were in party mode and it was like we had the meal drunk wine went to the pub came back and drank and about one o'clock in the morning people decided to pick up instruments to go through the studio it lasted three days and it didn't get, it wasn't really going anywhere. There was, you know, I was sitting, you know, I was a lyricist. It was, a, you know, I was a lyricist. I wasn't, you know, a songwriter. And I think they expected me to come down with a guitar or something. And um, and they didn't really have any ideas that I could, I felt were there that I could work on. And I wasn't really giving off anything because it's like, yeah, I've got a bunch of words here, right? And um, 
and it was really sparking and we just ended up getting very very drunk for about three days and they were great people and lovely people and uh i got picked up by private hedge my sound engineer and and, and, and taken back to gerald's cross where we were living at the time and um and that was just when it was it was around about that time it was all kind of a bit hear them scare them and, and things and close was kind of forgotten about but I, I, you know, I still had the, the notes in my lyric book. I've still got all my old lyric books. Back in the day, right before computers, everything I've, everything was handwritten. I've, I've, it was, I never used a typewriter, so everything was handwritten. And there are books up in the attic where I need to go at some point. Like I told you last week, I need to get up there and dig things out. And the original lyrics are up there. I would have gone up and got it, but it's like, nah. So anyway. It was called Close, and Just Good Friends was obviously within the lyric, and this is where it gets a bit weird. Um, during the recording of Vigil, uh, I had a lot of personal issues going down. My, my wife and I basically, I, I, my wife was having an affair, and I caught her. And it was not good. And I went out on the vigil tour, and which was the vigil tour which I told you about when, you know, if you remember from a previous Fisher Friday, I talked about when somebody asked, you know, why did you have this, your arm on a sling in Portsmouth? That was the vigil tour. That was when I punched the plate glass window, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And part of that I had to do, uh, there was somebody working for us, and I was really good friends. We became really good friends. She was a confidant. Uh, and there was just an unspoken thing and it was it was all messy and wrong and nothing happened but it was like it was that frizzle and i'm sure everybody's been through that in a, in a workplace or whatever where there's somebody that you're very attracted to and you get on great and you you everything's you think it's like oh and you feel all it takes is that one little nudge that one little step right but that one little nudge, one little step could actually be the end of everything and it could get incredibly ugly and incredibly embarrassing and that's where I was in the vigil tour. And, um, and it was unspoken and everybody kind of walked away from it and at the end of the tour, you know, it was the end of the tour. And um, But it kind of got me thinking and it, it propelled me into back into that song again. And if that is what it's about. It's about... Um, being in that situation where you you have a platonic relationship with somebody, and it's um, platonic. I used to hate that word when I was introduced to it. Hadalki High School. I used to hate it. Oh, can we just be pl platonic friends? And I'm going, who's this bastard Plato, right? And um, but yeah, but because I mean, at Dalky High, I mean, I was always, you know, when I was younger, you know, I I used to ladies would love to talk to me. I mean, I said I had lots of girlfriends, right, that weren't girlfriends, if you know what I mean, right? I don't know what it was, but people felt like he's talking to me and things, and so many times, it's like, you just, you, you're like... <laughs> and a couple of times, of course, you know, you do the, no! <laughs> and, um, and it always made me very wary, right? And, uh, and there's nothing worse than, you know, yeah, I mean, I've been in the other situations where, you know, you, it's actually, you've gone through and, and 
consolidated, you know, the relationship. You know, you've taken the next step and then you've taken the next step and it's just, you go like, oh, fuck, you know, when you're woken up next to somebody or like, you know, the next day and you go like, or you think about it and you go like, we shouldn't have done that. And But once you've done it, you can't go back, you know. And uh, and I've lost I've lost a couple of you know friendships through a similar kind of you know freeze on that went wrong and um but just good friends was I I just wanted to take that dynamic and and, and try and capture it and um and like I said it was based on that thing on on the vigil tour and it was really all brought together by that and it was uh and it was when we started working on internal exile it was uh. I decided to follow up and it was Frank Usher and it was one of the, Frank was only involved really, you know, in the main with, with two songs and Just Good Friends was one of them. And he came up with the original riff that Robin picked up and and took places and stuff. But it was, it was Frank's baby, that one. And it's interesting because it's now quarter past seven and uh, it's relatively short. So I was gonna play, Come up on a timeline, because what I was thinking about doing was playing the two versions. The version on Internal Excel that was recorded here in the control room, right, with Chris Kimsey producing, you know, it's, it's got a very different vibe. And my voice and my attitude had changed between the original version that was, that was done in 1991 and the version that was done for the Yin and Yang album in, in 94-95. When we recorded the first version, it was meant to be a duet. I mean, it would the the original idea that I had with Clannad with Moira Brand was was like, okay, I want, let's put a duet in the album, and um, the idea was to find a named female singer to basically work. We thought that'd be great, and we did approach Kate Bush, and it was kind of pushed back, and there was a couple other people. I'm trying to remember who else it was. It might have been. Uh, oh, I forgot her name now. There was a, there was a couple other name singers that were about that were kind of that kind of came into the frame, but because of the, the the scheduling and everything else, and the fact that we had to get everything done really quickly, blah blah blah, it was um, the idea that had come up during the start recording. We just couldn't get get through, and so the original Just Good Friends it's on internal so That's why it's just a solo male vocal. And I always harboured this desire to, to record it as a, as a duet. And it was when James Cassidy started working with me and we did the, the Suits album and then we were moving into Yin and Yang and we wanted to re-record a, a bunch of the songs for the Yin and Yang album, you know, Credo and, and a couple other from Internal Excel. There was some of the Marillion stuff that I re-recorded as well. And some of them were great versions, right? But the one that I really wanted to do was Just Good Friends. And <clears throat> Sam Brown had been suggested. And uh, we thought it was uh, it was a marvellous idea. And I loved her voice because I mean, I knew her from a singing on Pink Floyd. And I think we'd met up a couple of times. and Or we had met up a couple of times at parties and things. You know, just, hi, how you doing sort of vibe, you know. And Sam was living... Uh, and I think it was in Fife and she was at the time she was with somebody and they had the kids and they lived in a school house in Fife and it was perfect and we got talking and it was like yeah and we set the song she loved it and she came down 
<laughs> and uh, and she was pregnant, very she was very pregnant, and it was um, and she arrived, and it was like oh my god, and it was <laughs> with the the whole thing that was going to be happening with the with, with the singing, it was you know like singing and straining voice. There was a certain nervousness in there, but when Sam came in to do it, she was absolutely brilliant, and you know, and she made it, and. The two voices worked so well together, and, and Sam and I became really good friends. I mean, we did the the video for Just Good Friends, which was kind of um, Hamish Hamish Barber was the, the director, and uh, we put this together. And you know, we had, we were, you know, we didn't have the budgets of a major a major record company, so we had to put something together. And Hamish was brilliant when he, he brought the whole bit. And we we got Barnes Ness Lighthouse, and Frank's guitar solo is obviously one of one of his all time classics, you know, on 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 record. And you know, remember Frank and Sam were on the very top of the uh, on the very top of the lighthouse at Barnes Ness, and we had a helicopter, and Frank was to do the solo, and Sam was up there with the top hat all glued on, <laughs> the helicopter wash, and the helicopter went round, and there was a bit of a wind that time. And the helicopter came around, and when they landed, right, um, we actually we thought it went quite close to the tower, to the lighthouse. And when he landed, the guy was white when he came off. He says, I think that's what you might call a near miss. Right? And he nearly took out the entire lighthouse with Frank Usher and Sam Brown on the top of it. But it was just a brilliant video to make. I mean, the, the whole, the studio set up when there was like, you know, with the party and Big John was there and with a load of friends that came in and, 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 and partied down with us and doing the whole spray paint on the window. It was, a, it was a great video to make. And if you've not seen it, have check it out on my, my, my YouTube pages, right? But a fantastic vocal where everything was just wonderful with Sam. She was so brilliant with the video. By the time we did the video, um, um, Sam's uh, baby had actually been born. <laughs> so she was actually suckling the wane on the, on the set, which was like kind of bizarre as well with all these kind of punks and, and theatrical types that the troops raised about. And we thought we had a single. I really thought we had a single. And um, I thought, Sam Brown and myself, it's a great song. And we just couldn't get any airplay. We got nothing. Zilch. And again, I mean, it was Yin and Yang was kind of like the end of Dick Brothers. I mean, it was the, it was kind of there was the, that was the big push, you know. It was like if we can get this best off this, this best of album, get the songs out, let people hear the songs. And this is obviously before Spotify and before, uh, <coughs> before the internet and, and everything. So I mean, you know, we were really up against it, and we just didn't have the money to to buy the promotion, and we didn't have. We didn't have the people to 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 really get it through, and it just died and just disappeared. And um, I remember playing um, the bandstand, Ross Bandstand in Edinburgh, you know, just as the the single was coming out, and we had all these big posters, and I've still got rolls of them. <laughs> I've still got a roll of Just Good Friends posters upstairs in the attic somewhere. But it was a great song, and it was and it was a really personal song, and like <clears throat> as I said, the the, the two variations. In fact, I will play the two. Let's go through. So the first version was recorded here in the control room. See how it's getting all tidied up now? So the boxes, 
I really need to get this place. This bad feng shui in here, it's just clutter. We'll need joiners. It's trying to get a hold of people to do things. It's just impossible. So, let's go across to the, across to the deck. And... Open. This internal The other one I got from Beaujolais Day, which is like, that was, I really liked that compilation. The Yin and Yang compilation was pretty good, some nice stuff on it, but heed, remote. Three, I think. Just Good Friends, Eternal XL, 991. Before it's too late It's been on my mind Since the first time we met It scares me now more Now there's more at stake It seems we're so close But we're so far away
just play a game Where we try to pretend That all that's between us Is all that's between us And all we can rely on Is being just good friends was a version from internal exo and it's funny when it's, it was, I was I was trying to work out which one to play and um because they are different right obviously Sam's on the second one but um oh, knock this off obviously Sam's on the second one but the approach to that was like really tap bap 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 it was like the, the difference in my in the voice and my approach as I kind of moved out of uh, that 1991 thing, and especially working with James on, on both the Suits album and the Songs for the Mirror album, right? And I was kind of learning kind of new approaches and stuff like that. And that seems very, when I hear that now, it sounds very rigid, right? And I was quite amazed at the, the, the difference in the approach. And so now, if the bloody thing will carry on working for me. Well, good boy, good boy. Well. So this. And you'll notice there's a completely different groove to this song. Right? Completely different. So this is. Um, oh, God. So this is the version, this is the, 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 the 1995 version, and this is with Sam Brown. When I eventually put the Internal XL remaster out next year, obviously both of these versions will be on it. But just the groove is completely different, the approach, the whole thing. 
and the solos as well you'll hear just good friends 1995 
different. I'll have... Oh. That'll be kept for another time. I've got to go through because I can't get the questions up on it. I can't see what you're writing on the laptop. I've got a Black Friday intrusion. It's like text shite. So I'll go through here for a bit. But yeah, so that was the, the, the two versions. I was really... It was a huge disappointment to kind of... to. Um, Ah, da da. Change the thing. Oh, bollocks. Yeah, it was a, it was a massive disappointment, right? Weekend, have you had the good fortune to hear a band called Kanaka? Yeah, yeah, no Kanaka. Gavin Griffiths used to play for Kanaka. Uh, Patrick, yeah, the guitar on the second one's a lot better. First time I hear this version, I actually don't like it. Axon Ackleson, is that uh, Axon Ackleson? Is that the Just Good Friends version or the Internal XL versions? Well, yeah, they're very, they're, they're completely different, and like, it's strange. I've done, I mean, I've done this song a few times. I've sung it where. Um, the SES band, with Spike Edney's band a few times, and I've had the Fabas um, sing it with me. And Liz Antwi, the wonderful Elizabeth Troy Antwi. Yeah, um, she's done it a couple of times with me. Oh. Yeah, it's interesting. Fritz Vanneman, great version with Sam. And it's really sad with Sam. Sam and I had um, pretty much... Um, similar kind of vocal problems, vocal cord problems. And um, I was kind of lucky and, and, and got through mine. i tell you what, i tell you who's a, a big friend of Sam's is uh, Doris Brendel. And Sam actually put Doris up for the, the Pink Floyd backing vocal gig. And um, and I was talking with, with Doris who'd seen Sam a couple of times. I hadn't, the last time I saw Sam was in the foyer at EMI. And it must've been about, oh God, five, seven years ago or something like that. And I was quite surprised. I walked in, she was there and it was great because Sam and I also worked at the Chateau Marois and we wrote a song together with uh, The Lassie for the Runaways, which has never been put out. And I, be, I wrote the lyric. I didn't sing it at all. I wrote the lyric for, for, the, for the, the girls to sing. And that was the last time I saw Sam at Chateau Marois. And we had a brilliant time together. She was absolutely amazing. She's a great friend and I, I just never see her. She's like so many people I know in the music business. We just, you just, you meet up every now and again and there's an explosion of kind of like, you know, wow, yeah, da, 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 story box open. And but I've not seen Sam for a while, but when I saw her, you know, she did tell me that she'd been in for a, a, a vocal operation and it hadn't worked. And... Sam's voice, is, is, she's got such a beautiful voice and such, she has such an amazing range. And seemingly what happened was that after she had the vocal operation, when she was singing, it was a, 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 what she was hearing and what she was singing was out. And when she sung what she thought was kind of perfect pitch, she was kind of slightly out. And she had to make adjustments. She was—I can't remember exactly what it was—but she was she was actually singing slightly flat or sharp, and she was having to basically 
move her voice to, this is maybe difficult, bit difficult to explain, but what she was, when she was singing, she thought she was kind of like on the button and she realised that it wasn't. So she had to adjust her voice. So she was singing in an unnatural way to get the note and it kind of done for her. And she's, I think she still does singing lessons now, but she can't, uh, she can't tour or, or go and work in life. Um, she's such a brilliant singer. She still is a brilliant singer, but it's just, you know, it's just, yeah, the, it, the operation that she came through just, you know, didn't do what I think she hoped it would, would do. But, um, um, and like I said, I went through two of those things and I, I knew how much it, it, it changed my approach. But luckily, you know, I wasn't kind of, my voice wasn't as kind of uh, distinct. It wasn't anywhere near as good as, as Sam's voice. And, you know, I think, you know, my ravaged voice was able to come through it and, and tear through it to where I am on, on Velschmerz. But I mean, but I mean, even when I listened to the 1991 Nintendo XL recorded and the 95 recorded, I just realised how much my, my voice changed over the years. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it took a hit. Uh, mm. Ma, not too well, yeah. Owen Boyle, happy birthday on Sunday, mate. Uh, Gary Lowndes had a phone call from work. Uh, Portsmouth Carol, Sam should have been a superstar. Yeah, and um, I loved her work. She did great work with Jules Holland. And um, and it was uh, she went out with Jules a lot and, and did a lot of live stuff with Jules. It was perfect. Uh, Simon Farquhar guitar in the 95 version is awesome yes Fraser Slattery did you have electric orange in the studio don't know what that is mate oh. am I right to think there was more anger in your voice in the Sam Brown version I wouldn't say it was more anger I think it was kind of I would call it anger I'd say it was um, uh, more defined I think there was more attitude in it rather than anger, you know. Jeff Kiefer, how did that come out? Sam got involved. I did that 20 minutes ago. Oh. John Boyle is at me, was such a babe. Is such a babe. That is still a, a lovely looking lady and a great person. And like, you know, I miss Liz. She was, I loved being on the road with Liz and being on stage with her, but... She again, and I, I mean, I've had, I've worked with some great singers, and you know, and Doris Brendel, you know, is way up there. I mean, um, a lovely voice. Uh, Ray Provost, totally different song, seems so full. Yeah, I mean, it's what happens when you re-record stuff, and and you know, you go in with a different attitude. And remember, as I said, I said to you before in this control room. You know, we were in a situation where we did have problems with the bass. So when we were mixing and things, you know, when you when you recorded it, you thought that the bass was there. When you mixed it, you thought the bass was there. But as soon as you took it out and you pl you played it on in a different room, there was no bass. And I think that had something to do with it. The fact that, you know, Chris Kimsey was was fighting through you know this 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 new studio, as well. So. Murray Wellwood, love just good friends. Both versions. Lucky was never released as a single. Yeah, you say it's a no-brainer, but it's like, you know, it was, it was Polydor. Polydor went, no. Uh, and, you know, the thing is, it's like, that. You, to a point, you know, and especially when I was with, with, with Polydor, I mean, you got to remember, 
that Yin and Yang was on the Dick Brothers label, so Lucky was on the Internal Exile album. But I mean, I agree with you. You know, Lucky again could have been, but I mean, again, we did a good. There was a good re-recording of Lucky on, on Yin and Yang, but that's another story. Yeah. Yeah. Panona Wilson, what made you want to do re-recordings for some songs for Yin and Yang albums? Um. The yin and yang thing, I'll leave for another time. It's quarter two, and there's this... this the yin and yang story is a, a kind of story in itself. You know, but why it came about and what we're trying to do with it and where it all went horribly wrong. <laughs> you know. Need to do blues, Victoria, yeah. I love, I love singing blues, and I love singing that kind of stuff. It's uh, Paul Shetland's... Sh- 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 Obviously, Netherlands, I'm a singer, hard to correct your pitch. It's really hard, you know, to, to, when you think about it, what you're singing, and you think you're singing absolutely the right note, and it's the wrong note, and you've got to physically check your voice and basically push it a little bit more or whatever, or contract it, you know, to get the note. That, that, you know, so you, your voice and your ear are not working together. Horrible, horrible. Yeah. Laurie Fairweather, Barnes Nest, down from Dunbar. That's right, just next to the nuclear power station. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Joyce Vanderbrug. It's, yeah, it's not all you old, but I like my voice now. I'm, I'm, I didn't, you know, it was, I was singing far too, I was singing too high and, and too much in the top of my, my throat rather than singing from kind of chest. But that's another thing, well. I think we should go through it's quarter two. Uh, yes, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd love to talk to Sam again. I've not seen her for ages, you know. Yeah, Mark Daniel, you were at the, the gig at the infamous gig at Princess Street Gardens. <laughs> uh, well, Mark Townsend, what have you got planned for the Christmas Day special Friday? On, on Friday? I'm not telling you. It's going to be special. I don't know how long to do it. Simona was a bit, mm, it's Christmas Day. But I mean, the way I look at it, it's like Christmas is going to be my mum, right? Who's, you know, not going to be, you know, dancing with us till all hours. You know, there's myself, Simona, and Liam will probably be uh, down at his girlfriend's. It's just the two of us. So, um, you know, we've got, you know, Tara won't be here. She'll be with her mums and Fife and things. And, you know, sadly, you know, Simona's um, family, her, her girls can't get across and their mum can't get across because of uh, the virus and the and travel restrictions and everything else. And it's just too dangerous for everybody. So it's really Christmas Day is going to be the two of us. So uh, we thought we'd share it because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people out there that are kind of on their own as well. I mean, it's, uh, there's a lot of families who won't be travelling, you know, this, this year. So I thought, you know, we'll do it. But... Christmas special, I'll have a think about. It's, uh, might do a couple of Des O'Connor songs. Gosha Kujovic, who's the Magageta on one of your songs? Did that before. Like I said, all these Fish and Fridays, it's like, you know, they'll all be up on, uh, they'll be available from the, on the, the, the Fish website. So if anybody wants to, I mean, it's like 30 odd now. It's ridiculous. You know? Oh. Uh, that's a good point. 
Tom Barger, did you record it with Sam or separately? To be honest, I think we did both. I think we tried it a load of different ways. It wasn't just a one take. We, we did a number of different trials and I can't remember which one we used. But obviously when you're singing, when you've got the, the I mean, Sam was recorded separately, you know, because I mean, what you don't want to spillage across mics, you know, it's, um, so to keep it clean and keep it, you know, you tend to do, oh yeah, Clive Goodwin, yes. Alistair and McRitchie, it's amazing what piss poor quality songs that play on the radio these days and what was basically ignored then and now. I completely agree. You know, when I've got Gardner Remembrance and this party's over, you know, I think if they'd been put out a few years back, you know, whatever, but I don't care. It's like they're great songs. And as I said, when I've got a bunch of journalists at Prog Magazine that vote my album, album of the year 2020, that does for me. Right, that's, you know, to get it from a bunch of hardened professionals and, you know, it's, uh, that meant a lot more than, than having a, a top 20 single, to be honest. Right. Okay, 10-2, let's go through. Let's go and get the bay fit. Black Friday. I don't like this. I, I don't know, it's something about this day. It's, uh, I mean, normally... We'd all be running down into shopping malls, fighting each other. Not me. I'm happy with the fire. Got him. We can't see the questions. I'll try and see if I get it again. I could get it. For some reason, I don't get questions up in here. It just becomes a blank, blinking page. Oh, there we are. <clears throat> it's set up for through there. And the couch is too small. Honey. Yeah. I was telling them about you falling the floor. I'm uh, fine. I'm here. <laughs> it was worrying. It was really worrying. It was. Uh, it was creepy. It was. Um, it I was... don't remember. I don't know what you've told. I don't remember. I only remember walking towards him, and I wanted to give him a kiss, and I only said, feeling very dizzy, and then uh, nothing. Come on. But you're good now. Hmm? You're good now. I was, they were, somebody was asking me about what we're going to do on Christmas Day and I said, well, mum's away. Well, mum's here. Mum's away. Mum's away. Mum's here. Yeah, mum's here, but Liam, Liam will probably be away. No, what, Christmas? Christmas Day, yeah, but it has. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but we'll be here. So we may be very, very drunk. Uh, no. It could be, yeah, no, 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 we won't be drinking. No, we won't be drunk, drunk. Could be fun. Oh. Mm. <laughs> But yeah, so, yeah, I'll move this closer, it's rubbish. So, but yeah, so, 
Darling, what are we having for dinner tonight? Um, I just started <laughs> potatoes again. Um, grated carrots and onion. Which is Steamed. really good. Yeah, it sounds weird, but it's really, it, it's so simple, but it's really good. Just grated onion, carrot, with a bit of oil, salt and pepper, and steamed very slowly. It's really, it's different. And gammon steaks he bought yesterday. Mm -hmm. And cabbage from the garden. Yeah. Slappy blunt first tonight. Yes, yeah. So we see, how are we doing the gammon? You're grilling it, what? I fried, I think. Yeah. You shouldn't grill it because it's a bit um, geräuchert. Smoked. A bit smoked. You shouldn't, you shouldn't fry smoked things anyway. Wow. <laughs> no, I fried. Yeah, okay. good. Super. Could, I, could, I have, could I have some more wine, please? Yes. Hey. Om. Ah, oh, da da da. I can't get the questions up here. It's like I've got, I've got the. the some, some is up with a laptop. I think. Oh, bollocks. Yeah. Stop it. Web pages stopping my debris. No. So five two. You have to come through. We've got to, got to do the bit. So we thought, we've got to do the bit in a minute. I've got to put the song on. Do you want to talk to him while I put the song on? No. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, I don't know what. Just talk to him about something. Something. So, uh, shirts. Yeah, oh yeah, the vinyl. I forgot to tell you about the vinyl. Um, the vinyl, I've got, uh, I think I've got... Um, Hundred sleeves arrived from Profact. Thank you very much, um, Michael, Michelle. It was brilliant. So what I've got to do this weekend is try and, because I sent a lot of sleeves out to people to replace the damaged sleeves, about 30 of them, we should have about 30 odd albums, right? And there's some other ones that we've found that we think we've got more in the order than, than we, we kind of thought we had. So... I'm going to count them all up this weekend and on Monday, at the, the same time as when we put the T-shirts up, we should have about 40 albums or something that will be ready to go. It's the only vinyl, this is the last of the Welchmerz vinyl before we get the, the next order that comes back in, in, um, in basically the beginning of February after Brexit, right? So... As I said, keep your eyes on it. It's like, when it happens, I'll, put, I'll post up the Facebook. There's not that many, and I know there's a lot of people like waiting on this vinyl, right? So I'll see what I can manage to put together from the, the, the units. Because like I said, to send out the replacement gatefold sleeves that got damaged in the post, I took the vinyls out with the gatefolds, with the, the inner sleeves, and they're all put to the side. And I sent those sleeves out. So now I've got these hundred sleeves back, I'm able to bring back the, the vinyl. So we'll have some more vinyl in, in, on Monday. So T-shirts will be uh, on sale on Monday. I'll get the vinyl up and that will be on sale with the remnants of the vinyl. There's not very many Feast of Consequences vinyl left either. They're just about gone. And I don't know when that's, they're, they're gonna be brought back in. Um, and like I said, the lemon tree thing will be announced on the Monday. So there's a lot happening. And, um, you know, everything's going to be going full speed ahead. But I wanted to put this in. This is for 
What's our name? Have you spoken out the most important birthday wishes for today? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody else. You, you do it. It's there. No, we do it. We, yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. This is... You have to do that. I said, said the most... Okay, let me get this sorted. Paul Hardwick, turning 54 today. Loves watching Fish and Friday, right? This is from, this is from Hannah, it's from your daughter. So, Paul Hardwick, um, happy birthday. This is for no, you. we have a family birthday. Jono! Done that. Oh. Jono, happy birthday from me. Love you lots. I do be with Peruvian coffee. The of a good man long long The monitor screaming a black window I'm ignoring when I get the talk I'm gonna open the letter on the table before me I'm the mansion call on the
Scratch in that track. I'll be phoning up the uh, phoning up the person who sold it to me and get it, it sent back to the studio immediately. <laughs> um, a couple of things, right? And I forgot, right? And I forgot the original time, and I forgot again tonight, right? I'd like to say I humbly apologise. I humbly and humbly apologise on my knees. And I want to say a huge sorry to Avril and Andy McIntosh, right? Avril and Andy McIntosh, <laughs> Andy McIntosh, Avril and Andy McIntosh did an amazing job on the five to one on the Blu-ray of Elspeth. It's fantastic, right? It's had great reviews, right? And every time we put artwork together, right? It's like something gets missed out. And what got missed out on the pages of the deluxe booklet, was five to one basically put together by Avril and Andy, right? Andy Bradfield, Avril McIntosh, I'm really sorry. When I told Steve Vances, who also went through all the, the, the spell checks and the whole content, he also didn't believe it. When you told me on the phone the other day, right? I didn't believe that we'd missed it. I thought you were winding me up and we did. And I'm really, really sorry. The five to one on the Veltschmerz Deluxe, was basically put together, produced and mixed by Avril McIntosh and Andy Bradfield. And I'm really sorry we missed you. It had to be somebody, and I just don't believe that it was you that got missed out. But So thank you very much. You did an amazing job. So I'm sorry. I'm really, really sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Right? It's like you'll never let me go on this, and it's terrible, but the five to one was done by Avril McIntosh and Andy Bradfield. Okay, Fisher Friday is over. It's there, it's done. Um, a lot of you in lockdown, you're in tears. It's like a bloody wedding cake, you know. Which tear are you on? Oh, I'm on the one with the wedding couple, right? Oh, I'm on the marzipan section. So, you're all out there. Um, there are no pubs, there is nothing going on. Uh, 
Christmas special is going to be good, right? So listen, um, until next week, you know, we're in this situation because we need to follow rules and bring it together. And, you know, Christmas, it would be lovely to get this down to a point where families can come together. Because, I mean, for me, um, I, I hate the commerciality of Christmas. And this is probably one year when the sanctity of families and the glory of families is going to be celebrated rather than, you know... It, you know, get involved. I'm I'm glad Black Friday isn't Black Friday. It's an an online ether rush or whatever it is. Well, but there's a lot of people out there that are. You heard me say, you know, about a couple of people tonight earlier on that are in hospital. It's a real thing, you know, and you know, it's all down to us to sort it out. Up to individuals to take their own responsibility you know, to use common sense and, and deal with this. I mean, you look at the American figures, it's frightening. It's absolutely frightening. And um, it ain't going away until we take it. So, it's, uh, like I said, I mean, how weird is this 30 odd? I'll, I'll get the proper count next week for Fishing Friday. But I'll be back next week. Uh, like I said, I was expecting... <laughs> I thought I might have been doing this from a hospital myself tonight. <laughs> But no, we're okay. So listen, watch after yourselves. Uh, take care of each other. Um, stay sane. And I'll see you all next Friday, same time, at 6 o'clock. And until then, just take care and stay alive. Thank you very much for watching. Good night.